Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hello and welcome back to the afternoon here on Ausbiz Live from our Brain Guru Studios. You've tuned in for the call. Uh, we go through 10 stocks picked by you. I put them to our expert panel. We do it all in one hour. Let's bring in the A-team today. Nathan Somersandaram from Deep Data Analytics, fresh off calls with clients this morning. <laughs> How are they feeling, Nathan? Oh, look, nobody knows what's happening and uh, RBA tomorrow is another one that nobody knows about. So yeah, let's see yeah, how it yeah. all plays out. Jesus. Delicate at the moment. Gaurav Sodhi from Intelligent Investor. How are you feeling I'm about fresh, the market? Fresh from lunch, actually. <laughs> oh, <laughs> took an early one just to, yeah. to carve up to take on Nathan. And now, you know, I think there's something to be said for dueling on an empty stomach. <laughs> um, makes you hungry. This is not just, good. I just feel oh, lethargic and, oh, and bloated. Turkey, really. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Nathan, here's your chance, mate. Yeah, and he says it with the knife in his hand as well. Yeah, mm. exactly. All right, but let's mm. get started straight into it, uh, uh, the five stocks in this half hour we're going to uh, look at is Vitura Health, um, IDP, Peninsula Energy, Money Me and Alliance Aviation, a really good mixture there. Mm. Stock of the day, um, Life360 uh, has been in the news recently as well um, and um, uh, had a really good bump up in share price. Uh, good earnings updates along the way. Um, a lot of people had doubts about Life360 for mm-hmm. so long. It, it was, it's the sort of platform, uh, social media platform that protects everybody. You can have a family or a school platform. Uh, Nathan, you're surprised at how Life360 is? Yeah, it's been one of the solid winners um, yeah. on the rebound. It's done really well. Uh, brokers are confused because you can see their target price has just gone up by 15% every time the stock runs up. Um, I was looking at the last update in the last month. Every broker has put exactly 15% up because <laughs> oh, really? when you're a big broker, uh, I designed the system at City back, back in the day, you have to have 15% upside to be considered a buy. Oh, so to, you want to keep oh, the buy. So if you oh, want to keep the buy, okay. you have to have 15%. That's why. Right, so right. you can, you can pretty, that. yeah, well, it's a systematic process because we had to make sure that the analyst actually had buy, sells mm. and hauls, which yeah. they don't, it's everything's a buy otherwise. So you have to force them. So um, systems are designed to <laughs> hold them to have a, a diversified view of the uh, stocks they cover. And it's interesting that's what's happening with the 360. Oh, look, I think it's done well. It's um, upgrading. Um, again, uh, it's an interesting because we looked at a few of these stocks back in the day when mm. things were good. And um, oh, look, when they were buying growth stocks, they were in the zone and they've come off and it's now rebounded quite well. Um, I don't see any problems with it because the upgrades are pretty solid and it's an interesting model. We'll, you know, I think it's it has upside. And um, look, my theory is simple. Uh, if you're in an upgrade cycle, um, you stick to it till something goes wrong. And, yep. and it has to be something structural. Uh, if it's a market related one, that can always turn around. And I don't see anything wrong with it. So I think that kind of holds it together. Um, but look, 
has tech stocks run? Yes. Um, is that kind of flowed into everything? So if you're, if you're, a, I guess, got an upgrade cycle, you're going to get more love than the rest. So it's done well. Still a loss-making stock, but oh, I think the mm. thematic still is pretty good. I think it holds up. I'm not, you know, if, if you're holding, it's a hold for me. Um, I'm not saying that this is in something that the market doesn't know because every fund broker has upgraded to 10, 15%. So they're basically staying ahead of the price. So I think it's a good story to hold. I'm not chasing it here, but I think it's fine. Mm. Okay, go ahead. I am quite neutral on this one, fellas. Um, I can see both sides of it. For, for us, we've had a look at this and um, the view was that this feels more like a, a feature rather than an, a product. Right. And um, there's always a concern that, that Apple, which already does something like this, could expand the product range or that Google could add it onto their phones, which they have a rudimentary function. But it always feels as though some, that, that this could be um, internalized into an ecosystem. And that's why I've always thought it deserves a lowish valuation, which it has never displayed. Um, although, look, it, it is a good business. On the other side of that, um, it is one of the few tech businesses that has garnered millions and millions of um, overseas users mm. with user base, base that continues to grow and pays real cash flow. So mm. there, it is a success story and it has worked. But I just wonder about the longevity of the product. Would it be taken out? It could be taken out. You're right. That's the other possibility. Someone but could just... It's, it, it's, it makes it... We always think that <clears throat> something... If there's something that can be built, yeah. why doesn't the big guy build it? Yeah. Mm. But I always found that they just go, well, they've already got the customers. Why don't yep. we just take them out, yeah. clip them onto our model, yeah. and you get cross-selling, and you suddenly get a bump in your eyes as well. And those so, platforms got so much cash. Exactly. So it, it's, you know. It's a value day. Sorry? What's up value day? Oh, it's, it's a loss-making business, so it's a massive PE. Um, but, uh, oh, I don't no. think you worry. It's a market cap is 1.5, 1.6. Yeah. Right. Like it, it's not small. No, it's, it's not significant. Small. It's not small. Yeah. And but then you got to think of mm. where it was, right? So mm. technically, late 2021, um, it was about 14, almost 14 dollars. So right, it was a lot bigger. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. in that context, but then again, that was peak zero rates, yeah. peak yeah. tech. So yeah. we're probably close to where it should be. Um, and the fact that brokers do it by 15% kind of tells me they don't really want to go too negative on it either. So it's an interesting play, but I get your point. Mm. But I always find that they don't, like, I think logically, mm. why doesn't someone just build it, you know, get a bunch of techs and, you know, spend six months and you can build that model. Mm. Uh, but they always go, that's just too complicated. There's always risk to execution. And they just go, buy it, get the customer yeah. that comes with okay. it. So there's a potential of that. Yeah. But anyway, that's... Yeah. No, so no, you on this, uh, uh, look, I'm just a neutral. If you're there, um, hold. say hold, but I have no right. strong views on it. I, I certainly don't think it's it's a buy. Okay. All right, let's look at the first stock uh, that you want the uh, panel to have a look at. Brad wants a look at Vitura Health. Uh, Brad says, looks an interesting way to play the growing cannabis market. Um, on face value, the financial metrics look good. Uh, can it continue to grow strongly with consumers starting <clears throat> to feel the pinch? Gora? I just wanted to flip the way the viewer looks at this stock. I always think it's a mistake to try and pick out a trend or a theme and try and get exposure to that trend and theme. That's not everyone's way of doing it, but that's my strong recommendation. And I, and I really believe strongly that that's a really wonderful way to lose money. Um, 
what you should be doing, or what I try and do, what the team does, in fact, is 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 try and um, look for a business that is 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 misunderstood, mispriced, or growing um, in a way that the market does not understand, or for some other reason is mis- misunderstood. Um, and I think you can make that case for Vitura. This is um, a more interesting business than I thought it would be. It's the only profitable and dividend-paying stock that's uh, in, in this entire ind- industry that's listed in, in the, on the ASX. And there's quite a few of them on mm. the ASX. They've come and gone over the years with various degrees of euphoria. And you can see even this one hasn't been immune yep. from euphoria. But beneath all of that, there are there is real profits, um, real dividends, real cash flows. Now, that, the basis of that is a, a software platform. Um, it's called CanView, and the business actually bought this off another company a few years ago. And what it does is it connects pharmacies, patients, um, doctors, and distributors all together on the same platform. And that's useful because this is a highly regulated industry, and you have to keep tabs on the flow through of product through the entire uh, chain from where it leaves the pharmacy right. to where it gets to the, to, to the customer currently has about 60% of all pharmacies using this particular platform. And so it is turning into something of, a, of an industry standard. Um, that sounds wonderful, right? We know that these, um, these platforms, two-sided or, or in this case, quad-sided marketplaces can actually work really well and be very profitable, but they don't charge anything for this product. And so it's a free platform. The way this business actually makes money is that they also own um, a, a cannabis distributor and through sheer coincidence, a lot of the uh, orders that come through the platform get channeled through their wholly owned distributor. And so sales from um, their own distribution channel have been taking off as usage on the platform has been increasing. So this is actually a distribution business disguised as a software business. And as a distribution business, the margins are remarkable. Um, from what I can see here, they earn three times the gross margin of the largest distributor in the country, which is wow. EBOS. Wow. And I just think that is not going to last. It's significant that the three big guys in pharmacy distribution have not touched cannabis yet. And my suspicion is it's because that's a small niche market. As that market grows and becomes more profitable, it's inevitable that the big guys are going to enter that space. And that 30 odd percent distribution margin that's going to be savage. So I think this is interesting. Um, it's on the watch list. Um, we've done some work on it. Not a silly idea at all, but for me, something I just pop on the watch list for now okay. and, and recognize that this is not a software business. This is a distribution business. So it should trade on distribution uh, multiples and earn mm. distribution margins. And at the moment, it's over earning. So it's a hold for me. If there's some sort of, um, once the big guys um, announce an intention to enter this space, there's a possibility that this thing gets crunched. Um, the incumbent enjoys a lot of advantages, so it's, yep. it's, it, I still think it can be interesting. But um, I'll, I'll say stick a hold for now, mm. and it is interesting. I keep an eye on it. Yep. My turn. Yeah, look, um, you know, it's always good to actually make money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of comes in handy, uh, especially in this sector. Um, and I, I think it looks good. It looks interesting. I, I kind of do it slightly different to how you okay. looked at it. <clears throat> so for me, the thematic is interesting because the thematic normally is driven by underlying data. Mm -hmm. So when you have underlying fundamental macro data running, then eventually that'll flow through to the sector. So there is a reasoning for that. But in saying that, generally what where people get it wrong is you want to pick the one that's running the hottest. And I think the risk is high because there's always going to be competition coming and you know, so forth. 
Um, so you've got to look at the dynamics and you've got to pick out where the risk return value sits. And so it, it is, I think it's one thing to look at a thematic, another thing to say where you are in the thematic. If you're early, then you've got options. And then you look at the risk-weighted approach to pick the winner. Um, this has been a tough area. Um, so yeah, definitely money-making is a good thing. Mm. It's an interesting market cap uh, because it's in the through all odds. Mm. So the beauty of it is it's in that two, 300 mil range. So any kind of, if it can hold it slightly higher over the next six months, then it has a potential to get into the 300. And then it becomes an index play. Yep. So the yep. market cap actually is interesting where it is. Um, yeah, the margin's high. You would think that if that holds and if there's scale, then other people will come. And that's where your risk is. Um, but look, till that happens, um, they're okay. So it's a bit like some of the other, uh, I think there's one other stock we're gonna look at. It's, it's interesting when you don't have competitors, suddenly it looks like you've got monopoly, you're killing it. And then suddenly the competitors yeah, yeah. turn up and yeah, it goes yeah. pear shape. So uh, Gaurav's exactly right. You've got to be careful. Um, this is one, yeah, we're not in it. It's, it's an interesting sector I have looked at and I've, I've had a few people punt in this area and has it worked out. So just be aware there's a high risk. Uh, but if you're there, I think, yeah, you can hold on and see how it plays out. I think it's okay. There is an argument that they are building up their strategic value as the first mover distributor in this range. And if EBOS or um, Again, API similar. wants to get into it, yeah, know, they that's, could, that's the other the side of it. Yeah. The logic would be, so, yeah. why would you then you can take them out and then- And then you also it. get ownership of the industry standard software. And you've got the customers um, and everyone yeah. come on. Although it's, 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 I don't know how the ACCC would feel about a very large business owning the standardized um, software suite and then earning distribution margins from it. I just, it just feels yeah, a bit, um, it might have to area, get some clarification on that. Because of where the economic cycle, most of these things probably won't hold up. So yeah. you're having someone back it up with a decent cash flow is probably a good thing. Yeah, so that's, that's true, that's yeah. true. Yeah. So yeah, sure. this, nowadays it's I'm always looking side. at the other side of it going, it's, <clears> you know, always thought, yeah, why don't you build it? It's mm. like, nah, yep. it's cheaper to buy. All right, uh, next stock, Rob wants a view on IDP. Um, uh, Rob says IDP has a great balance sheet, great management. Directors with skin in the game and a positive macro environment, but the PE ratio high uh, and was sold off on recent results due to high expectations. Still worth it. Yeah, I, I don't have actually too much to add to that. <laughs> I, the, the viewers just um, highlighted all my thoughts. What a sensational business. Yep. Um, IDP owns, that. there's two parts of IDP. The, the mo Most of the business, I think where a lot of the value is currently sitting is is it owns the IELTS English language test. I think yeah. there's three or four internationally recognized English language tests. These guys have a 30% market share globally. It is a ridiculous So to, so to be an, uh, to come in as an international student yes. into university, you've got to pass that test. That's right, yeah. that's right. To get entrance to yeah. pay your money. Yes. And the unis own this. Yeah, well, so they, I think they've sold out. more of it. Yeah, they sold out some of it. Yeah, yeah. 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 but what a yeah. brilliant idea, right? Yeah. Well, what a brilliant idea. And and the beauty of this entire business is that the test, it, it, it's a low value um, item to produce, but incredibly high value to the person taking it. Because yep. to the person taking it, this is not just a test to pass and fail, this is and um, a, a visa, basically. Yeah, yeah. And, and so it's, it's the difference between coming into a country and not coming into a country. You, could, you have so much pricing power. Now the average, um, they've, they've been raising prices by an average of 4% a year. And I just think that is, you, you could, 
almost um, triple, quadruple that, um, yeah. and you'd still be ha ha having a line of people waiting to take these tests. Um, well, look, the, the view is absolutely correct. This is a magnificent business. It ticks every box with business quality. I do think it is, um, it, it's a bit, it leaves a dirty taste in my mouth. It's, it's earning too much money for um, what should be a, a much more competitive industry, and it's, it's not because of politicians being the way they are. But um, the other part of the business is a student placement um, business, and that's actually doing reasonably well as well. And that's where a lot of the growth is going to come from. So it probably deserves very high multiples. I, I, I don't think you'll ever get this at low multiples, but I struggle to pay the kind of... Um, the kind of prices that the market asks for this. I've never bought it. We've always looked at it, admired it, but never touched it. The other point I'd say is that the payout ratio here is very low. These guys are hoarding a lot of cash, and I'd like to get a better understanding of what their intention is for that cash. It feels as though there's an acquisition coming, and I just want to be very careful about it. When you have a very high cash flow business, you either want to see profits reinvested into the business at good rates of return, or you want to see them come back to you as dividends. And when you don't see either of those things, you just start asking questions. This is a hold for me, um, wonderful business. Um, and um, I think there is a case for buying. I, I can see a case for buying, but I'm not quite there yet. For me, it's a hold. Are you there, Nathan? No. Um, oh. What happened in Canada doesn't stay in Canada. Um, <laughs> there was three competitors turned up, mm. and it took the market suddenly went from monopoly region yeah, that's true. That's true. to oh, competitive region. Right. Now, the, the, did the UDs have a stake in the other players? No. Yeah. Right. Okay. And yeah. and the problem here is the economies are relatively comparable. So. Right. Can those competitors suddenly just move into US, yeah. UK, and Aussie market? Yes, they can. I've been waiting for that to happen for a while. It, we have, yeah, we it all just have hasn't been, right? Happened, it, ha yeah. it didn't happen for a long time. Yeah. But it's funny how the universities were selling out and suddenly That's the, interesting. Yeah, 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 a good period point. later, no, I didn't think about the that. competitors no. turned up. Not one, not two, three turned That's up. That's interesting. Right? Oh. In a market where they were basically the sole player. So the market now knows, I mean, it's a great business. The viewers yeah. bang on. but. The competition is coming and the risk is they come into other regions which means then this is where can they hold their margin mm. can they hold their market share i think the threat's going to be real it's interesting and i think the market mm. will look at that as real so i think you've got to be careful here if you look at the last couple of updates the brokers interesting that you're saying they're holding cash right they're looking at i i figured they probably would look at going for scale mm. and take out a competitor. Mm. Now, interestingly, the brokers have downgraded, which means the brokers are not seeing a cap raising coming, <laughs> right? You're so cynical. I mean, 30 years. I mean, yeah, yeah, right. Finally seen a few cycles. Um, so I think there is a potential for that. Mm. I think the, the market is not paying up for the growth story. Mm. Mm. Uh, and this was always a growth story. It's not about the machine. So if it's a growth story and the growth is potentially by acquisition, um, that's what they're planning to. I think everyone is smelling that. Even the brokers are smelling that. Yeah. And so I think there is potentially a, a, an acquisition coming. I don't know if that means margin expansion. I think they, it means they're accepting that the margin is probably going to be lower. Mm. They want to go to scale. So that makes the growth story a bit harder. Again, it is one that used to be one that I was looked at as, when this thing gets smashed, I want to buy it. Mm. But when that happened, I went, oh, maybe not. You know, they did actually consolidate the Indian market. Um, there was a competitor in India. They bought that test. Right. And then they raised prices. Right. And now that thing is growing. And in the Indian segment, that thing's growing 20% So a year. one of the, my pet heads at the moment yeah. is salmon. 
you know, we salmon. had salmon. What's we wrong had, with salmon? So we had two uh, businesses in Australia. Yeah. Both of them were taken out. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. You know okay. what the salmon prices are now? Oh. At Woolies, it's $46 a kilo. Yeah, right. right. It okay. used to be, you know, high 20s, then 30s. Now it's 46. Mm. Yeah, right. Competition goes away. Yeah. Prices yeah. go up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sounds so like a case of what would IDP? Oh, look, I'm, You're saying I'm not, take your profits and run. Yeah, I, I, I think there's, you know, one of Graf's favorite saying, it's a reverse lottery. I think it mm. looks good. And right. then when that hits, you'll be in a target. This will be me. as good as it gets. Yeah, I think I think I think so. I think you'll have a you, if the growth stocks outperform, this will go higher. But I think the risk return is not there. I'll be leaving it and going somewhere else. Okay, hmm. so I sell for you. All right. Uh, next up, Paul wants a view on Peninsula Energy. Paul says it's been a patient hold. It announced last week a cancelled supplier contract, which impacts their ability to produce going forward. It was difficult to interpret exactly what, but I was hoping to see if the uh, team had any red flags and a sell or just a long-term hold. Of course, Peninsula Peninsula Energy, one of the uh, uranium explorers, miners. Yeah, um, geez. You've got a lot in this sector. You've got Bossom, Paladin. Yeah, so in our fantasy board, we we moved from... um, Boss, it had a great run. We moved yeah. to Paladin, yeah. yeah, and and uranium's still doing okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's holding up, but yeah, they look in this game when you've got a high risk play, um, you've got to be with the guys who are got the news flow on the positive side, and Paladin so far is holding up. Boss has killed it uh, for mm-hmm. what it is, um, and I think um, Pens had. I mean, that's a real worry, um, yeah. and and you've got a market cap of 120 mil. Um, and when you've got a sliding, you know, contract worries, you, the market will start to worry and then you get more selling. So uh, I'd be careful here. Um, I think when you're in that area, it is a relatively high risk play in the small caps, um, energy stocks, uranium, you've got to be careful. And I think you've got to manage risk. So you would not be holding a large holding. If you've got a small holding, I think, yeah, you've got to back management and hope they can turn it around, uh, hold a bit. but. I would not be adding to it here. Right, I'd you wouldn't get in. No, you're just it, it's been a, it's boss a and yeah. I, I think you, you've got to be careful when you're on the riskier end. Yeah, uh, you want players have got a bit of scale. I mean, I'm positive on the energy sector overall. Yeah. I think everything, all segments of the energy sector looks interesting. Uranium is actually one of the better performing commodities over the mm. last three to six months. So, uh, I think thematic still holds up well, but it's not playing out. So, right. you've got to be careful. Uh, I've been neutral on uranium for a long time. I think that people who have a very strong view on uranium just ought to take a chill pill. Um, the case, you go, mate. <laughs> the case chill for uranium, out, baby. The case for uranium is very strong. It's very logical and sensible. Yep. But it's been that for twenty years, and that has not changed outcomes at all. So what changes now? I mean, I hear what you're saying about the the greening of the world and all that, but. There's no, not much sense in that. We're, we're buying electric cars in Australia and plugging them into our coal-fired generators and thinking we're saving the planet. You know, it's, I think the room well, for logic in well, this it, argument it, is very bit, brief. It's a, it's a bit like the... Uh, mm. and I'm probably going to get hammered on Twitter for this. It's like the property market. Mm. You buy property now not because interest rates are where it is, because you think it's going to fall. Right. Mm. That is the only logic, yep. right? Because yep. nobody can afford it at the current level. Yep. So it, there is a perception of where mm. things are. And... I get that the countries that are already have nuclear power, I think they will expand. Uh, the countries who don't have it, it's a tough sell on a political okay. side. So, yeah. 
I don't want to get into whether nuclear, what the future for nuclear. Let, let's, let's stick to the stock um, for the moment. Peninsula, as you say, $120 million business. The interesting thing about this company is that they are, um, their mining technique is interesting. They use a, a technique called in situ recovery, uh, which is basically instead of drilling a large pit, you uh, pump acid down into boreholes and then you, you um, sort of leach out um, the ore bearing, uh, the uranium bearing rock from your drill, uh, from the ore, from the boreholes. So it's a, it's a low touch way of, of mining uranium, although you are pumping the earth full of acid, so there is that. Um, but it's, it, it's considered, it's, it's lower cost and generally easier to get, um, uh, to get licenses to um, in situ leach or in situ recover rather than digging big pits. And so that's, that's a positive. Um, and the costs are, they forecasted costs of $45 a pound, um, not far away from the current spot price, but as we know, the spot price in uranium doesn't mean much. From what I've heard, contract prices are going 60 to $70 a pound, which still doesn't leave a huge margin. By the company's own admission, the net present value of the project is about the current market cap. So my question then is, what, well, where's the upside? The big announcement that the viewer is talking about is that the, um, the, the, because of the way they produce, they, the product they end up producing is like a resin, and then they have to process that resin into saleable yellow cake. And if they can't do that, they're selling a really cheap product and they're not going to get much money from it. So they have to take that next step into producing yellow cake. They had an agreement with a processing partner and that processing partner just said, we're not going to do this anymore. And for whatever reason, without explanation, they left the project. So that's why they're left now with either funding a processing plant of their own or finding another processing partner. Either outcome is bad news for Peninsula. Right. Um, okay. So they've left in a little bit of a, a hole here. I, I would still sell this. I, I don't think um, there's a great case from here. But you, you, that's coming from me, who's a bit of a uranium skeptic in any yeah. case. Okay. The best way to play uranium, friends, is um, BHP has, the, has 25% of the world's uranium reserves sitting in the Olympic Dam. When prices get interesting, it will flood the market with uranium. Mm. We, we are not going to be short of uranium. <laughs> the other way to play it, the more interesting way to play it, and Meath knows this very well, is, um, is, is through the processing. Yes. Um, um, fuck, what's the name? I mean, what's, what's the name, <laughs> Maeth? Mineral Resources. No, not Mineral Resources. The, the, LASIK, the Laser Isotope Separation Company. Uh, Sinex. Thank you. So um, traditional way of separating isotopes in the uranium industry involved um, either gas diffusion or you use um, really fast spinning centrifuges. Right. When you use fast spinning centrifuges, you need tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of centrifuges to spin um, almost at the same time and produce the quantities you need. Um, Silex has a, um, a laser separation technology that targets individual wow. um, particles okay. and, and rips it out. And it comes with the yeah. play on chip as well. So the, the, I, but the reason this company has gone nowhere for 20 years is because there's been no new net demand for uranium. So yeah. the idea is that if uranium demand actually increases, I, I think there's going to be plenty of mine supply. What there isn't is um, processing no. supply. And any okay. processing supply that's going to be built, you'd be an idiot to build a centrifuge plant. You'd always go so with So Silex the yeah. is the interesting way of going. I, I think so. It. I think so. Although um, I, they have problems of their own. But, you can um, also look at um, yeah. as an ETF, Global X Uranium ETF. What does that uh, buy? Do you know? Um, I've, I've had a. a it's, it's got a fair Is it miners or is it. Um, a, is, is it actual um, uranium yellow cake? 
it's uh, actual urine. Yeah, right, right okay. And okay. there's got a bit right. of uh, all the energy right. center as well. So yeah, you okay, that. all right. Good alternative uh, option there. I, I sat next to a bloke on Friday and we were talking about EVs and lithium and stuff like that. Uh, he's bought a chain of um, tyre dealerships. Ah, okay. Because he said EV vehicles Brilliant. are so much heavier yes. Yes. than traditional cars that they'll be going through the um, tyres. That's good thinking. I, thought, I like that. That's an I'm, interesting I'm actually, I'm that's starting good. to become more and more bullish on car repairing because mm. I think with the electric cars, there's basically you buy a car now, mm. everything is automated. Yeah. Mm. At least before, when if the windows broke down, you can still grind it down, grind it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Mm. So everyone, every time something goes wrong, mm. we're going to be taking there. And these, people say that yeah. it's less active, but yeah, I think you'll yeah. be just being lateral thinking in terms I like of the, some of these things. I like the tire idea. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've got national tires that are listed. Well. Yeah. Yes, you know, yes. yes. That's right. Anyhow. Uh, at full stock, David wants a view on Money Me. David says, is this a classic example of an asymmetric opportunity? David, you have more syllables than I can understand that. Uh, I understand the obvious risk of lending in this interest rate environment, but the price seems to be suggesting the business is doomed based on the uncertainty around the macro environment. Uh, when there's so much pessimism and the price almost suggests 100% likelihood of failure, does this create an opportunity if you have the stomach for it? Mm. David, 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 very good question, Gaurav. Yeah, I, I love the way David's thinking here. I really yeah. do. Um, searching for asymm asymmetric opportunities is, um, I think that should be on everyone's agenda. And that simply yeah. means looking for something where if, you, if you're right, you make a lot of money, but if you're wrong, you don't lose too much. Yep. And what I really like about that, it acknowledges the role of fortune and, um, and inaccuracy in this game because we are wrong a lot yep. and um, you just have to protect yourself from being wrong. I do agree with what David's saying a lot. It, this is a very low price for a business that should be actually reporting good numbers. Now their lending has fallen off a cliff, which means the accounting standards which force them to take on provisions on day one are going to change, which means they're going to actually report good numbers. Look at that, um, 220s down to 7 cents. Yep. I put my hand up and say that this has been a disaster for us. We've got this completely wrong um, and lending businesses are really hard. I, I would just, uh, that, that's my caveat to this. I, I think there's some truth to that. There is a there is certainly um, a lot of pessimism in this price, but lenders are rarely asymmetric bets because they can always go to zero and it doesn't take a lot for them to go to zero. Right. We've got this completely wrong, um, I think, uh, behaviorally and analytically. I think management's also a, a bit aggressive with the, with the way they present information and I haven't been impressed by that, although I will say they are geniuses at marketing. It's a wonderful product that gets yeah. really good reviews Produce, from its customers. Yes. And um, if in a better environment, this could really, really work. But I'm afraid the this is one of the few cases where I think the macro truly matters. And I would not be venturing into this. I can see the case okay. to buy it. I can see the case to buy it. For me, it's just too risky. For those with iron stomachs, Yes, I suppose this 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 is a speculative buy because it's it's cheap and it's disliked, but I just think it's it's still yeah. too risky. You're you taking on that. a lot of risk. This is not an asymmetric yeah. bet. Yeah. Uh, look, you're not the only one. There's a lot of fund managers in it there. Uh, oh really? They're, they're, oh, well, it makes me feel a bit better. Yeah, okay, thank big you. Boys, uh, risk risk yeah. players, and okay. uh, they've all taken a bath. Right. Um, so yeah, it's not, and it's 
not something that the market doesn't know because a couple of brokers cover it. It's quite well covered. Everyone mm. knows about it. And it has been. And it's, this is your, I guess, the underperforming fintech. If you look at the chart, pretty much mm. kind of matches up with all mm. of them. So, um, yeah, you can, there's a number of you them know, you can play. The biggest product is actually a, um, a lending product that's tied to cars. So uh, the reason we got suckered into it was that we thought there'd be um, a hard asset at the end. And um, I'm not sure what's happened there, but the losses don't suggest that there is. Um, <laughs> they went aggressively into car dealerships. Yeah, yeah that's right. I, I think, um, yes. yeah, uh, Graham's mm. right. I think you have to be careful that this can go to zero. Um, right. So that's the risk. Um, in saying that, it's, I think this is a market that we all know credit is going to tighten. We mm. all know things are going to be tough. Uh, economy is going to struggle. And so, yes, there is downside risk. I actually don't mind putting a little bit. Just manage your size, put a little bit. Okay. Oh, you because do a then, yeah, you do a little bit mm. and look at it in six months' time, see how they're going. And if, if you get better numbers coming through, because I think in a 12 mm. month time frame, the economy should be starting to mm. pick up no matter what happens. So, in that, you know, we're either going to fall and recover or we're going to slide and get into trouble and then recover. So, there is yeah. that cycle. So, you can put a bit, and I would put on a few fintechs if you're going to do that. It's a bit like biotech. Yeah, put it on a yeah, few fintechs yeah, okay. that pretty much have the same chart. And the market's thrown them out. So if they come out of it, on the other side, you are going to make, uh, you know. Like who, who else would you put in? Oh, Prosper. Someone like, huh? Prosper. Prosper, um, Zip. Um, you know, you yeah. put you okay. put a little bit in there. The thing is, so these things it. are leverage. <laughs> yeah. on the, uh, but it's the leverage on the other side. Yeah. yeah I mean, you, you, you only need one of these yeah, on the yeah, other no, side to recover. Yeah. And you'll make all the money back. That's okay. a solid idea, Matt. I'll, I'll give you that. Mm. The difference, I guess, between our approaches here is that I've been burnt already. It's the one speaking. Oh, I, I've lost money already, been burnt, and it's interesting how that plays on no, my psychology. See, that, 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 that's yeah. the thing, right? Yeah. It was interesting because we were talking about some other stock just before with a client, mm. and I said, look, it's been two years since a broker put out a research on this stock mm. because they've burnt all their clients, <laughs> and those brokers are never going to publish on it because no, they don't want to get <laughs> reminded about it. Yeah, yeah. And so that's the opportunity. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Peter wants to know, Nathan, is there an opportunity in Alliance Aviation? Uh, during COVID, was the only profitable airline in the world, I think. Mm. Uh, it does regional airlines, but mainly to um, mining camps and mm. sort of, uh, but Qantas has um, put offers into it. Yeah, there's got issues. Yeah, by ACCC. Yeah. Look, I actually think it's a really good business. Yeah. Uh, I think really good business. In a, in a sector where uh, average yeah, yeah. Uh, business, this one is actually really good. And uh, look, uh, uh, the problem is, I think the, the demand is going to be hard to know. I, I suspect that we've probably seen the peak in travel in the short term. Yeah. That's discretionary travel. Now, this is more mining services yes. type you play. So I'm actually relatively positive on mining services. And so in that context, I think it's okay. Um, it's had the pop um, after a, a decent couple of years of falling. Mm. Um, so I'm not going to go chasing. But this is one I actually don't mind putting a bit in and seeing how it plays okay. out. Um, in that sector, this is actually relatively good quality, good management. Mm. I don't actually mind backing them. It's a tough market and I'm not a fan of the travel industry right now. I think no. There's a lot of things people don't not looking at it. Like some of the stocks, like just put it in context, you know, Flight Center, the market cap 
because it's double the shares of what it was before. Mm. Mm. So at $20, 20 dollars, yeah. it's actually a fifty dollars well. stock. Yeah, yeah. yeah people yeah. don't realize that, yeah. right? Yeah. So those kind of things, it kind of guides a few things. But this one is actually high quality. So if you had to pick in that sector, I'd go for this one. Okay. But I'll be very slow at getting right. in. I like the, the beauty is that, uh, say, it flies to Olympic Dam, yeah. uh, BHP underwrites it. Yeah. flying up there to take That's its right. miners. So it's like a like a contract bus company, but with airlines. And, uh, <laughs> oh, no, well, when you hire That's a exactly bus, what you, it is. you hire yeah, a yeah, plane. Yeah. But also they lease yeah. some of their planes to Qantas on some routes. So yeah. It's interesting. The thing that affects your profit in an airline, there, there are two things. One is the price of fuel, and yep. the second is your load, how much utilisation you have on a single plane. For Alliance, the fuel is a pass-through cost yeah. and the load is predetermined. So right. it's the reason it's the most profitable airline in the world, or it was, and it's a very profitable business always, is because the two things that um, change profitability are kind of fixed and been taken care of. I actually own the stock. Um, yeah. I, I bought it um, a couple of months ago. Um, and the reason I own it is, Nathan's right, this is actually by itself on its own a high quality business. Um, it's got a long history of, of, of decent returns and I particularly like the way that management takes advantage of downturns. A lot yeah. of they businesses- buy parts and other yes, right. offline planes and they stockpile. That's exactly right. When it right. comes on, they just go bang, put yeah. on capacity. A lot of companies, when a downturn comes, they sort of bunker down and they just try and survive and do nothing. These guys um, take advantage of downturns and actually buy a lot of equipment in, in, the, in, the, in the thrust of the downturn. During the, um, the financial crisis, they went and bought, um, uh, they used these planes called Fokkers, and they bought the entire world fleet of Fokkers in that oh, period, yeah. and they just put them in bunkers and use them as spare parts right. um, to keep their fleet running. And as a result, they came through the lowest operator <laughs> in the industry. And they did it again in COVID where they made another um, a really good hardware acquisition deal. And they're now reaping the benefits of that. Mm. They're going to be, be um, improving their capacity and the earnings should, should actually rise quite significantly over the next few years. Now that's reason one to buy it. I think even at the current price, just as a normal standalone business, this makes perfect sense and it'd be a buy. But even better than that is they've got this takeover deal from Qantas, which the market is not valuing at all. They think there's a zero chance. I don't think it's a zero chance. Mm. Um, the, uh, it's been knocked back by the ACCC, but the ACCC has lost its head and has been knock knocking back everything. This looks like TPG's um, Vodafone acquisition to me. It's a rather yeah. obvious deal that probably should go through and it's been knocked back by the regulator, but on appeal, I think there's a decent chance this gets through. Not, I wouldn't say a 50% chance, but I reckon there's a 30, 40% chance this goes through. Right. Okay. And um, the market's valuing that at zero. So yeah. a classic mispricing opportunity backed up. Hey, this is an asymmetric bet. Because <laughs> you get the upside, and if that doesn't work, you get a really good quality business. It's not gonna get price. blown away. No. That's, that's, no, that's no. the big thing. And they've yeah, got the yeah. track record. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's recap the uh, first five stock, stock of the day. Life 360, a hold from both Maitland and Gora. Uh, by Cheryl Watch and hold from Gorab, a hold from Mathan. IDP, a sell from Mathan, a hold from uh, Gorab Peninsula, a, a sell from um, um, from Gorab, a no from Mathan. Um, in the uranium space, if you want lateral thinking, go for Silex. Uh, Money Me, a no from Gorab, a nibble from Mathan. Um, Put a little portfolio with money me, a little bit in that, bit in prosper, bit in zip, 
one of them will do really well. And if you've got that uh, appetite for financials doing it tough and Alliance Aviation, a buy from both. Um, look, we're a bit short on time. You know what the uh, July meeting of the investment committee was all about. We've been talking about it for weeks. That's the portfolio. Next committee meeting up um, at the end of this week. Uh, this half hour, going to take a look at Cobalt Blue v Moto with a really interesting question to Gaurav on that. AIC Mines, MA Financial, Wise Tech Global. Um, Gaurav, uh, Chris mm. wants a view on Cobalt Cobalt Blue Holdings. They have the uh, the mine, the development at Broken Hill, Cobalt Deposit. I'll start off by saying that, that I don't know Cobalt well as a metal. Um, it's mostly come out of Congo, um, and the stuff that comes out elsewhere from Congo is generally a byproduct of other mining. So it's, it's very rare to see an independent cobalt mine um, to get a handle on what cobalt processing and costs and what the mine actually looks like. So I I've, 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 haven't come across many, and hence I don't know much about the cobalt mining process. But I will say that it is not a one-way bet, and I think too many people think that cobalt is a critical mineral and hence can only go up in price. And to those people, I'd point them to the cobalt price chart, and you can see that its prices have gone, what, from 40 bucks a pound to 10 bucks a pound yep. in the last year or so. This is not a one-way bet. This is like any mining commodity. It's heavily cyclical. It goes up and down. You want to buy it when it's cheap and sell it when it's dear. This is no magic material, um, and it is a commodity. Um, so, look, just just think carefully about whether you want to buy a cobalt miner and what your reasons are. Right. If it's because the world is going to be green and you're going to need lots of cobalt, I would just um, double and triple think that investment case. Um, this particular company, I, I, I couldn't quite understand what it's trying to do. It looks like they're trying to build a processing plant. I'm not sure where the ore is coming from. But I had a look at this processing plant and it looks really complicated. <laughs> so I would say this is a little business trying to do a big complicated right. thing. And it wasn't clear to me where the ore is coming from. They didn't really specify. I mean, I, I could have got this wrong. Maybe I didn't look um, in enough detail, but I could not see where this okay. ore was coming from. So it looks like it's a processing business. I don't know why um, that would be a great a great business. So yeah. um, uh, uh, to so, me, so it's no, a bit of an avoid. Yeah. No. yeah. Um, the positive is mm. you're right about cobalt. I mean, the market doesn't quite know how to play it. Yes, the market um, doesn't know how to play and it. And yeah. the main thematic is because yeah. everything comes from, um, I guess, a certain part of Africa that's mm. high risk, and there's nothing outside that. And this has a p potential project in mm. Australia. Mm. And that's the big... Is it an ore? Or is, it looks like just yeah. a processing. It's, yeah, so there's so a mine attached to it. Well, they trying to get that up and running. Okay, so, that's, okay. so that's the first part. Okay. And that's when it ran up to a dollar because th okay. that was the thing. Right. And then it uh, petered off with uh, cobalt prices coming off and interest rates kind of gone off. And so suddenly they came up with this another strategy of trying to reboot it. Right. And so I think that's where we are. Um, and that is starting to come off as well. Um, so I think if you're playing this, it, it is you really have to trust management to execute. And you have to hope that cobalt prices recover uh, and you're on the right end of it. If if that is what you want to play, and that is high risk, and I would not be doing that. Mm. Yep. But if you are, mm. I would say be patient. Mm. Uh, you'll probably pick it up around the mid to low 20s again. 
and right. when gets there, nibble a bit and see what happens. So not for you at the moment. <laughs> no, it's, okay. it's very high risk. Uh, Rebecca wants a view on uh, Vimoto. Uh, Rebecca says, will it rise from the end of financial year? Ashes, Gaurav. It's the electric scooter manufacturer. The easy, uh, easy answer is I do not know. Right. Um, you know, trying to predict share prices shouldn't be the aim here. Um, we're really looking at business performance. This is a good little business, actually. I was, we've, Nathan and I have looked at this yeah. before, and I think we were both impressed and surprised in equal measure about how successful this is. Yeah. It's come from nowhere. Um, they've actually taken a good deal of market share. The product gets very good reviews, strong distribution around the world, yeah. particularly in developing countries. Yeah. They've got um, potential of Chinese manufacture, which should help lower costs, and decent-looking financial metrics. Uh, that's what really surprised me as well. So it looks really cheap. Why is the share price down so much? My guess is that the latest quarterly numbers weren't very good. Um, scooters, um, look, you can make arguments both ways, but I, I think they're typically seen as a discretionary, cyclically exposed product. And um, the numbers certainly bear that out. I mean, in I think Asia, they're not discretionary. Possibly. And there's also these fleets of delivery. Um, companies oh, yes. are buying them yeah, as yeah. in fleets yeah. for delivery um, drivers yeah. for, for all these Uber Eats and, and whatnot. Um, and you're right. It's possible someone could be downsizing from a car onto an electric scooter. Um, yeah. and, that, and that way it could be kind of cyclical. I'm not sure how that plays out yet. But the numbers look pretty bad. So the international sales were down 44%. Oh. Um, the aggregate sales were down not quite that much, but still down a long way. So there is a cyclical downturn flowing through this company, market has picked it up. I would say that's probably the, the reason to look at it. If you're going to look at a business like this, you want to look at it when things aren't going so well. The balance sheet is secure here. There's no, I don't think we're in any danger of a capital raise or excessive debt payments or the company going under. I'm the call it a spec buy. Look, it's not the sort of company I would buy, to be to be frank, but it looks cheap. It looks interesting. Um, it's got a product that's selling really well, and it's put all the pieces into place to actually grow sales. So it, it's 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 interesting. Spec yeah, spec buy. I actually am confused by this stock. Yeah. I have been for a decade. <laughs> like it should for be, a decade. For a decade, we've been okay. like I've yeah. been You've looking looked at it this. for longer than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah and mm. and it just you think it's got all. The, it ticks a lot of boxes. Should mm. be killing yeah. it. I am completely confused, um, and for everything that Graf said, yes, uh, and I, I agree with all of that. And I'm like, why isn't it doing better? Um, yeah, I, I am confused. So I'm, you know, again, so take my advice with the view that I'm confused. Um, I think it's, yeah, I, I would nibble on it. I would take a bit and see how it plays out. It gives regular updates. It just done one, and it's not good. Mm. Uh, so there's no rush. And the market's not going to go out and uh, you know mm. jump all of it, but it's in all the Asian markets. It's got production there. It's got distribution. They bought mm. a lot of distribution businesses. Yeah. They look like they're building something yeah, big. Yeah, yeah. So it should be at some point. And yeah, I, I, yes, there's something I either I'm not missing or the market is missing. Yeah. But geez, it should be doing a lot better. So okay. yeah, I like what the viewer is saying. I, I would take a small punt and and then take see how it plays out. All right. Uh, next talk, uh, Ray wants a view on AIC Mines. Nathan Ray says, X Evolution Management, is it a good copper slash gold play? Yeah. Uh, co the problem at the moment mm. is copper is great. Everyone knows it, but they ain't doing anything. Um, mm. Copper is not doing anything, neither are any of the copper mines. Um, at some point, they will. Um, 
And and the reality is, we've had what uh, Osmin was our default choice. That's been taken out. Yeah. And you got Sandfire, which everyone hated before, but because there's a lack of choice, <laughs> yeah, right. now it's like we love right. Sandfire. Uh, every so broker, true. every broker goes Sandfire yeah, is pretty yeah. good. I was like, uh, dude. It is fascinating to compare broker reports pre Oz acquisition and post acquisition. Yeah, it's like Sandfire like, goes like from bad to good. Princess Diana, crap. Yeah. And now <laughs> crap is good. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, it's amazing how that's changed. Yeah. Um, I think, look, again, I think copper has something at some point. It is not today. So I'm okay. not jumping into copper. I'm not trying to pick the bottom. I'll wait and see how this plays out. I think economic... You're big on gold, though. I'm, I'm positive on gold because I, look, especially now... This wouldn't be the... Yeah, it wouldn't be. I think you producing gold stocks are on a discount. Yeah. So you buy that. Because for me, the simple thematic there is, um, I think inflation goes up. Interest rates not going to follow that. Uh, yeah. I think it real, yields, um, real interest rates going to go down. So that's positive for gold. So it's, I can see it in the energy price. I can see it in the food price. So. ARC. So these guys have an interesting strategy. I can, yeah, it's, an in, it's interesting. It's interesting. So they, they bought this mine, an old mine, Eloise, in Queensland. And the idea is they're trying to um, shore up resources with nearby exploration. It's a good way of going about things. You know, you buy an existing um, operation which um, has all the infrastructure you need, then you find more fresh ore and you, you funnel that ore through the infrastructure. And that can be a source of good returns. So I guess the problem here is um, you're really still relying on luck. You know, the, the investment case here, there's too much variables um, um, that you don't know about. You're relying on them to find fresh ore. It's got to be compatible with, with their existing infrastructure. They've got to mix it together. And there's just a lot to do. It's 120 million market cap, so a little bit of success is priced in. Um, I didn't recognize Evolution staff, but I'm, you know, I haven't looked at Evolution in a long time. I did recognize the new chairman is the ex-founder of an old gold business called Sentiment, which um, was mm. on the bourse years ago. They discovered a 10 million ounce gold mine in Egypt. And they um, got that thing running and then sold it for billions of dollars. Right. So I was surprised to see that family um, pop back on the register and as, as chair in this business. Um, someone with a good track record, someone who doesn't need to work, um, mm. don't know what they're doing here, but that's, that's something okay. to note. Um, I don't think that's enough reason to buy, though. This is nothing wrong with this company, but I just think you're, you're really just relying on luck. I'm try and stay away from investments like that. So this is just still um, an avoid for me. Okay. Uh, next stock, um, Grant wants a view on MA Financial. Grant says, after the news that uh, Red Cape Hotel Group was freezing redemptions, is the drop of around 12% justified uh, MA Financial that was one of their big assets this big hotel trust yeah look that is bad news <laughs> the Red Cape um, asset was a source of tremendous earnings for the business but yeah. it's not their only earning source for it. this is a really complicated company and I think if you're going to make an investment in MA Financial what you really have to do is understand that you're just backing management it is too complicated yeah. to dig into the details of what they're doing. Some people call it a mini Macquarie. Wouldn't I think that that's right? accurate. I think that's uh, yeah. accurate. Andrew Pridham, of course, yeah. uh, runs it, chairman of the Swans. Yep. Um, the, uh, I don't know, friend or foe of yours? The, I'm not sure. uh, no, no, he's a good bloke. Okay. But, and their chairman is um, Jeff Brown, yep. uh, who's the president of Collingwood. So it's got big AFL ties. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's also a famous um, investment banker, Andrew Pritam, maybe, maybe yes. the most celebrated banker of, of recent times in Australia. Um, assembled a really crack team. 
and, and the reason people make Jeez, comparisons... I don't like him that much. <laughs> <laughs> the reason people um, compare this to Macquarie is because it's the same structure. You get a bunch of smart people, yeah. you give them a bunch of money and say, you can have a lot of it if you make us more. Yeah. And, um, and so far, results have been really encouraging. But I will say that this is a hard business to analyze as Macquarie is, and you really have to buy it on trust. There's a large asset management business in there, which is yep. terrifically profitable. There's a lot of independent vehicles in there, terrifically profitable. Things go bad from time to time, like Red Cape. And they did lose, um, Koshi, you're aware of this, the, the Chinese fund management yes. business. That was tremendous. That was probably 20% of their earnings, yeah, and that's yeah. gone. Uh, big support of um, them. Port Adelaide's China game for all their big clients. They have a China game. I did not know uh, that. I, okay. Yeah, yeah, we used to play yeah, in right. China and China, China, Chiang Hai, yeah. and they used to bring a lot of their clients on. So Fantastic. They've got a lot of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to call this a hold for hold. now. There, there are good reasons to buy this, actually, but um, I just think there are other ideas. Okay. And, and, and this is something that you might see more um, negativity on. Whenever you see the market go really negative, this is the sort of stock that is interesting mm. to look at. Nathan? Yeah, I think we took that out of the fantasy portfolio. Yeah. Um, mm. The risk is, it's a bit like IDP. Everyone loves it as a growth story till you actually see the risk slap you on the face. Yeah. And I think this one, when this <clears> happened, a lot of other players are now going to look at that and say, oh, there could be more of this. And that's where you'll see a pullback in the multiple. Um, I think it's a tough one at the moment. If you're in this game, mm. it kind of plays to similar like money me for me. You you have to back management mm. and you've got mm. to put a bit in and then see how it comes out on the other side. So if you're looking at 12 months, 18 months time frame, and you're willing to sit through it, I think it's worth putting a bit of money and then not looking at it. Yeah. I wouldn't put a massive amount, but put a little bit. But if you're one of those people like me looking at it and then if they're going to flip every month, then that's this is not one for you because I think it's going to be a tough cycle over the next six months. So. So um, not yeah. for you? Not for me at the okay. moment. All right, our final stock, WiseTech uh, Global, the uh, uh, tech behemoth, the um, um, sort of logistics platform. Yeah, uh, I Nathan? mean, you, can you find anyone who's bearish? Um, <laughs> yeah. The share price has gone up, so you can't mm. be. Uh, that's, that, that's like, that encapsulates the market perfectly. Yeah, I know. 80% of the market is the share price is going up, hence it's a great stock. Yeah. Share price is going down, it's a bad yeah, stock. Two yeah. years ago, yeah. it was exactly the opposite. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. right. Governance that's right. issues. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Shorts nothing in. solves every problem like higher share, <laughs> share price. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just <laughs> amazing, isn't it? Amazing. Like, that's when yeah, people yeah. tell me uh, strategy reasons yeah. why things go up. Yeah. And I go, uh, dude. It was the same before, but you were negative. Yeah. But you know, it is what it is. Um, look, at that, I, look, it's done. That's it's done wow. phenomenally well. I think that the the transaction that made it <clears throat> to that next step was that removed a lot of that risk. Yeah. Um, am I chasing it here? Hell no. Right. Uh, so it's it's great if you're there. I'm not selling because it'll probably come back, but it doesn't matter. Uh, and you're probably not going to care anyway. Uh, but it's gone up. It's done well. Great. But if you're putting fresh money. Go find something else. Okay. Sorry? Yeah, I, I'll call out our analyst, Nick, who on this. He came to us when it was $55 and he said, fellas, this looks pretty good. We all looked at it and we said, yeah, it looks pretty good. And we did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we've got, we got, we got to hang our heads in shame on that. This is, this is a, um, a really legitimately good business. Yes. And I put my hand up and say I was a skeptic at first. And um, I demand Nathan's statement. It's not the highest share price that got me around because that often concerns me. It's the incredible financial metrics that this business is printing. It, it was actually wasn't as good, but got to give credit to management. Mm. They had the long-term story yep, the long -term and they vision. just stuck, stuck to it. it. Yeah. And, and delivered. In fact, um, when you look at what this business could become, you can yeah. easily make the case for that current share price. Sure. 
this is only what a, a, a is it sixty or twenty billion dollar? I can't remember now. I think it's, but it's a big business. It's a big business. But you can add another zero to the end of that market cap if they can get to where they want to get to. Okay. So you're saying um, a buy? No, I'm not. Okay. Right. <laughs> I, it's not. It's, it's just not in my style to buy. Yeah, a that's that's my problem as well. So hold it. Oh, it's a hold. Yeah, but I can. But you should not um, think that a high PE is silly in this instance because okay. this can be very this very could big. Be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's recap. Uh, final five stocks. Uh, Cobalt is a no from both. Uh, Bmoto speculative buy from uh, from Gaurav a nibble from Mathan. ARC Mines a no from both. Uh, MA Financial a hold from Gaurav a no from Mathan and WiseTech a hold from both. Grab Sadie, great to see you, mate. Thank you. Nathan Somerson, darling. Good to see you as well. Now, do you have afternoon tea now after the uh, early lunch? He's going to have to have a big walk and, and He's going to have a senior's lap. Ah. <laughs> Don't talk about senior's, senior's to me, Nathan. Great. All right, with that, uh, we got to call it quits. We'll see you same time tomorrow. If you've got any stocks that you want us to cover, go to osbiz.co forward slash callpicks or tweet us using the at TV handle. Uh, more of Osbiz after this. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.